Welcome to Go Behind the Ballot, a podcast where two Texas moms go on an educational quest to demystify Texas politics. Join me, Nicole Abshire, and my co-host, Claire Campos O'Neill, as we deep dive into the most burning issues, hear stories from candidates, and offer hope in these challenging political times. Let's saddle up and go behind the ballot. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Go Behind the Ballot. I'm Claire Campos O'Neill. And I am Nicole Abshire. And we're so glad you're here with us today. If this is your first time listening or you're a longtime listener, we love that you are tuning into this show. So we are going to take a little bit of a pivot from our typical series and bring you a special episode where we highlight a candidate who is running for office. Because something we're trying to do as we're revamping the podcast is focus on democracy and what is higher up the civic engagement ladder than running for office. That is really taking the bull by the horns and saying, I want to change things for the, hopefully the better. So we're so excited to have our guest here with us, Bentley Pais. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you all so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here and I really appreciate y'all giving me the opportunity to speak with y'all. Yeah, we're excited to hear more about your journey, why you decided to run, and something that's very unique about you is that you're such a young candidate, which we love. We're hoping to get some insights on how we get younger people to participate in democracy because it seems like a big group of folks that just sit it out mm-hmm. and that's the narrative that's the narrative that's maybe we're wrong to believe <laughs> yes. yeah yeah but we're like no everyone like there's so much power in voting and running Absolutely. Yeah. yeah so we're gonna we're gonna get the secret sauce from yeah. you so of yeah. course maybe we should can we address the elephant in the room of course it might yeah. be a little ageist to ask but bentley how old are you i am 18 years old Nice. (laughs) So inspiring. Yes, super inspiring. And tell us what office you're running for. I'm running for Comal County Commissioner in Precinct 3. I formerly ran for New Braunfels City Council. It's my second campaign, and I'm very excited about it. So for folks who don't know, what are the bigger cities in Comal County, just so that they Um, can orient themselves? So Comal County consists of New Braunfels, which is its, its main area, and then Canyon Lake, Dripping Springs, Bolverde, so just encompasses that little area. But it's actually it's, more it's, than I thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a pretty big area. Yeah, um, Dripping Springs is growing like crazy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it okay. is. Yeah, that whole area. It's there's a lot going on, and it's growing pretty fast. Okay. So. Yeah. Before we talk about your race and mm-hmm. what motivated you to run. Can you tell us a little bit about your first memories involving politics? Do you come from a family of politicians? No one in my family has ever been involved with politics, really. It's been something that I discovered that I was into. I used to be a photographer, a freelance photographer, and around the time of the Black Lives Matter movement, heard about the protests going on in Austin and San Antonio, and I wanted to be able to capture those moments and see what was actually going on for myself. And upon going to those protests, I was really able to understand what people were feeling and what they were going through. And it made me want to be a candidate for the people that they can trust and that they can look up to to actually get stuff done for them. Because during that time, all we saw was so much negativity and there was really nothing to look forward to or no one to look up to. I, I felt like I just needed to take that step and do that. So I continued photography for a while and then later went on to reach out to a local Democratic Party within my area. 
I didn't know about the Comal County Democrats, so I reached out to the Bear County Democrats, which got me in contact with them. And from there, it was it's it was a pretty it was it was a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'll just say that. So you reached out and you said, "I want to get more involved. What can mm-hmm. I do?" Was that yeah, the yeah. conversation? I was like, "I know I'm young, and not many young people are involved, but I want to change that, and I want to see what I can get involved with and meet new people and actually be a part of the change." That's a huge learning curve. I'm mm. amazed by that. So were you the kind of kid who was constantly reading the newspaper mm-hmm. for all the yeah. political headlines? Okay, all, so Always were... looking at articles, reading whatever's going on. All my family comes to me for all the updates on the news. And Okay. Yes. Okay. So, I've... so you've always mm. been an informed mm-hmm. kind yeah. of person. Yeah. Okay. And I guess that's why I did photography. I felt like it was a way of better informing those who didn't know what was going on, which made me want to do more of it, seeing how people would be so surprised of what's going on and be like, y'all haven't seen like that's happening. And the fact that I was the one bringing the light to it, it just made me feel or realize how important it was. And yeah. Yeah. Nicole was talking about this a little bit, but there is this narrative that young people are disengaged, apathetic. Mm -hmm. Could you tell us, do you agree with that? And what do you think is behind Mm -hmm. that? I absolutely agree with that. Um, You know, with my time as a candidate, it, I, it's been so hard to get young people involved. You could give them every reason to go out and vote. You could spend countless hours talking to them, and they still won't vote. Mm-hmm. But you can't blame them either because these previous, gen- previous generations have never given them a reason to vote or given them a reason to have hope for something. Like at the moment, we've all these younger people have constantly been put down or told you can't make a change it's just the way it is just leave it how it is and go with it and that's what gets into their heads and it really makes them believe that they have no power to change anything and as a 18 year old who grew up very low income and never involved in politics before I've been able to make somewhat of an impact within my community and I just want to show others that it's possible too but in order to get these young people out to vote we need to give them a reason to and we need to go directly to them and talk to them and see what they want and what they what we could do to get them out so like what messages are resonating like what is mm -hmm. making people step outside their comfort zone and say Mm -hmm. actually yeah like you're right i do have some power i'd say it's just seeing the direction that we're heading in um with these insane candidates that we have for these higher offices, those those positions are meant to be respected positions that people could look up to. And at the moment, it, it almost seems like a joke. And that's how a lot of these younger people are taking it. When they see that there's actually people who care and that are willing to do the work, they're, they're a lot more likely to engage with that. And that's what I'm trying to show them. That's what I'm trying to do. I am trying to be as socially social on social media as possible, as active on social media as possible to get that attention, but it's still very challenging to find those young people. Yeah. So if I'm reading you right, in your estimation, it feels like it's a problem of candidates, of people mm-hmm. to get excited about. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Interesting. We, we They need a reason to get out and vote and all these candidates go in expecting them to just vote for them because they're a person of color or they're a minority or something like that and we need to stop looking at it like that and realize that they have concerns and they have aspirations and these candidates are more than able to accommodate for them so candidate plus an attractive 
agenda. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Like people yeah. who have mm-hmm. something that they're actually yeah. fighting for. So that... many people run without knowing what they're running on or what they're running for. And so I believe before anyone runs, they need to know what's going on in their community, how they can help, what they can do, all that stuff. Yeah, something yeah. that Nicole and I talk a lot about on the podcast is the challenge of running for office and how mm-hmm. there's so many barriers that prevent people who would probably be really great in those positions Absolutely. from mm-hmm. putting up their hand and saying, yeah. I'll give it a go. There's fundraising, which is really hard, which I'm sure we can talk about in a minute. <laughs> the fact that some of these positions don't pay a livable wage, mm-hmm. like state representatives make $7,200 a year, so you have to be yeah. rich mm-hmm. or Absolutely. have some sort of fund or you got to pay your bill somehow. Yeah. Yes. That's not a lot. There's just so many things that hold people back. So can you talk to us about some of the challenges that mm-hmm. you're having to overcome or maybe yeah. were surprising to you when <laughs> you were like, whoa, what is what did I get myself into? Yeah. So those challenges that I have faced, they're definitely systemic and they're put in place for a reason. And that reason is to continue keeping those same people in power. So, for example, Kamau County, the only people who have ever run, like I mentioned, are older white people who have the money and have the power to even step up to a position like that or even have the time to do something like that. A lot of lower income people or younger people don't have the time because they have to be working the whole time or they're busy taking care of their family or it's a lot of little things that people don't look into. But for myself, some of the challenges I've faced are trying to reason with a lot of Democrats within my community. They are very moderate, I will say. They don't exactly like the progression and progress that we are trying to push for. Like what specific things Mm -hmm. hold them? Yeah, let me think. For example, such as passing the Grace Act um, to help people who are needing abortions. They turned an eye or batted an eye to that. Um, You know, if it wasn't trending to them, they had no care in focusing on it. Oh, interesting. Uh, Yeah. A lot of the times it's within our Democratic Party, it's a lot of older white women who run things and they have a lot of money and they don't necessarily put that money towards the things that need to be, it needs to be put towards. It'll go towards them having a game night or um, them fixing up the office so they can hang out there a little more, but it's never about improving the community or reaching more people or targeting these young people. I worked for a congressional candidate, Claudia Zapata, and at that time, just because how progressive I was and the fact that I was working with her and the fact that we were being open-minded to not just Democrats but Republicans who face a lot of the same issues that we face, just because we're that open to them, we got pushed away or ignored or just stuff like that. So not supported by the democratic mm -hmm. infrastructure. Okay. Um, And even now, after trying to prove myself so much, um, it's still being questioned constantly and um, being doubted of what I'm wanting to do or what I can do. And, you know, the way I see it is if we have people willing to do the change and do the work within our community who are pushing for the same exact things that that they're pushing for, we need to be embracing it and we need to be willing to hear them out and work with them more because all it's doing is building a bigger divide. I can tell you that our Democratic Party is split into some progressive people who support what I'm running for and moderate Democrats who are completely against me running. 
and it's a huge challenge. And a lot of Democrats who have ran in that area also face that challenge. Unless they're establishment candidates running on the exact Democratic platform that they want them to run on. Interesting. So it sounds mm-hmm. like you're getting systemic pushback, not only from the right, but also mm-hmm. from the left. And so Absolutely. yeah, that's right. I've honestly gotten a lot more pushback from the Democrats than Republicans. Um, what are you hearing from them? Just them telling me they don't trust me or they don't want me to run or they're not going to donate to me. Or, for example, during the last my last campaign, they actually had a phone bank that they did where they were warning people about radical candidates running for office. And when we're claiming that our own people are radicals for having basic moral values and believing in something and standing their ground, then there's something going on and there's something wrong with that. What do you think that's about? I personally believe that it's about the change that's on its way. A lot of these people have been, well, those people specifically have been in that Democratic Party for the past eight, ten years doing the same exact thing. Nothing has changed. Playing their card games in their office, having their girls' nights, all that stuff. It's once The second they saw that a progressive was coming in and actually pushing for the change, they were not for that. So, for example, I started the Comal County Young Democrats, and we were able to get over 40 young people within a very conservative town involved in the progressive process. And we were constantly making use of their office, having events, having meetings. And after a while, it got there was a lot of pushback against it. They didn't like how much we were doing. They were like, y'all guys need to slow down. You are getting too much attention. You are oh. taking away from the party. And yeah, a lot of people who would donate to them were wanting to donate to the Young Dems. And it was just taking away from what they had going on. Yeah. You're being very direct, which I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. worry about retaliation? Do you worry that you're um, saying too much? I used to think I was saying too much, but I realized that people who hide that kind of stuff are a part of the problem. And until we actually acknowledge what's going on and call out the hypocrisy, then nothing's going to change. And, um, you know, someone has to pave that path and someone has to clear way for the people coming next. So I guess I'm the one that has to do that. But yeah, I I completely believe that they have it coming to them. (laughs) If they want to claim that they're for this or support this and then completely go against it, then they need to be called out on that. Yeah, something else Nicole and I have noticed as a recurring theme, something that drives us crazy, is entrenched power, Mm -hmm. no matter where it lies and how infuriating that is. Mm -hmm. And it shouldn't just, it shouldn't just be a given for some people. Like you should earn that Mm -hmm. position again and again. But we have these systemic things that Mm -hmm. have entrenched power. And we are not fans of that. So we appreciate you doing the hard work of being honest and Mm -hmm. holding people accountable because that is, that takes a lot of courage. A lot of people don't, they're like, they cower. That's hard to do. Yeah. And a lot of people within the Democratic Party have told me like, hey, slow down a bit. You're mixing up some stuff that you don't want to be a part of. And I, I already got thrown into it and I've already been a part of it. And the only way that, like I said, the only way things are going to change is if someone calls it out and does something about it. Yeah. And from what I've seen, nobody is doing anything about it. Our, so instead of just having our local Democratic Party, the party itself, we have that, 
the Democrats of Comal County and the Democratic women of Comal County. And the reason they're split up is because that one of them, one of them specifically wanted all the power. So they created the Democrats of Comal County, made themselves president, has been, have been president since the start of that group, eight years ago, however long, and they continue to be president, which caused a lot of women to want to step back, which made Democratic women of Comal County. And now that one group is the one getting the donations and making it seem like they're the main party, when in reality they're just a group trying to profit off the party. And Yeah, yeah. so how do you think we get towards better coalition building? Because I think the reason we don't have as much progress here in Texas, even though most Texans want progressive things, is because we can't get on the same page. Yeah, um, that's one thing I've been trying to figure out is how can we get people willing to talk together and reason with each other. And it's been a challenge, but I have been able to do that within the Comal County Young Democrats. For example, a while back during the Club Q shooting that happened in Colorado, after that, I reached out to our local Pride group, the ones that host Pride Fest, and our Republican Party, and we were able to come together and host a vigil for them. With the first time in Texas history where Democrats and Republicans came together to host something, and we tried to show that there's a lot more things we have in common than we have against each other, and unfortunately, these politicized issues are like the main talking points at the moment, but they're not really what's affecting us all. Some of them may be affecting us, or some of them could possibly affect us down the road, but most of the time it's the rising costs of living or the gentrification or just things happening on the local level. And a lot of people don't understand that. They think it's all federal-level things that, that actually change their lives. But it's not always the case. So true. Yeah, I'm curious how you, what was that conversation like with the Republicans? Were you just, hey, let's do this thing together? (laughs) Thinking back at it, it was very interesting the way it went about. One of their members, he's very open-minded, and he actually reached out to me way before that. And he was like, hey, so I see that you have the young Democrats, and we have the young Republicans. Maybe we could meet sometime and talk about things. And from there, we had the established built that we can reach out to each other and bring up issues that may face us. And because of that, I guess I felt like I could reach out to them, and I did, and we got a good response. And both sides were very hesitant. The older Democrats and the older Republicans were like, I'm going to step back from this, but the younger people definitely wanted to see that change. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's something that is really powerful about you being younger is that, I don't know if naivete is the right word, but you have this openness, like, mm-hmm. why not try this? Whereas yeah. folks have been around have said, we tried it, it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Like, why even open that door? And even with candidates, I feel like there's not a lot of people who run for office because when you start from the beginning, you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. But then that greenness helps you in some regards because you can try new things and you're not so, you don't have these preconceived like, no, don't go that way because it's not going to work. It's Mm -hmm. anything could work. Yeah. It's just about taking the risk and taking the chance. And I'd say by taking the risk of reaching out to Republicans, I have, I somewhat jeopardized my relationship with a lot of the Democrats there. But it really shows that, do you really want to be a part of that 
if they're not willing to see the change. So I guess it's led me to to want to do it on my own, not wanting to do it on my own, but having to do it on my own. Yeah, doing it your way. Um, Willing, yeah, Yeah. and willing to do what it takes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think, too, if you run as a candidate and you're making compromises, you'll probably carry that into being an elected official if you can... And I think more people need to focus on that. They're too focused on whether you're Republican enough or whether you're Democrat enough. But what they need to be focusing on is if you're willing to hear each other out and willing to compromise and willing to find agreements with each other. And nowadays, people see that as betraying their side or going against what they want or working with the enemy. When in reality, it's just getting stuff done. And you cannot get anything done if you're not willing to work with anyone. It's true. So true. And our, I mean, our so democratic, many things that need to get done. Our Democratic Party brags about it. They're like, oh, you know us. We like to argue and tear people down and make sure that we can't get stuff done. Like, they brag about it. It's It doesn't make sense to me. Like, it's nothing to brag about. It's, it's almost, it's embarrassing, to be honest. And if a young person, someone 18, feels the need to have to step up and do what the older people couldn't do, it's saying some things about them. Yeah, I'm curious what made you think, I, I, I don't, okay, I was sharing with you earlier and I was sharing on the mm-hmm. podcast that I ran for office not that long ago, and I think it was one of these experiences where I looked around and said, man, someone should fix these things, and I was like, mm-hmm. I think I could do it, so why not me? <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Was there a moment where you had that experience? Um, I'd say so. Um, while working with Claudia Zapata, um, just getting the opportunity to see the way she did things. She did things way different than any other candidate I've seen. She was actually willing to hear people out and willing to talk to the other side and willing to compromise on issues that a lot of us agree on. And as her field director at the time, I was already thinking, you know what, I am old enough to run. There's an election coming up after this, and why not? If no one else is going to step up and do it, then why not? And the past few elections within that district, the person ran unopposed. So it's that district has always been people winning unopposed. And Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm going to step up and I'm going to make sure that no one's winning unopposed. They're going to have a challenge and they're going to have to actually compete to win this race. And that's what I tried to do. And that's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. So how's the race going? How's campaigning? Very challenging. I recently joined LULAC. I'm hoping to work with them a little closer. Tell us about that in case anyone is <laughs> unaware. Um, so LULAC is basically a Hispanic organization that focuses on empowering the Latino voters or just people in general, standing for civil rights and advocating for the right things, such as providing scholarships to people who may not be able to afford them or um, any of that stuff. It's definitely a group that... If you are running for office, you want to, you know, get involved with and be a part of. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I did, and that's what I'm hoping to do um, with a bunch of other groups within the area throughout this race. I um I wanted to hop back to when you worked on Claudia Zapata's campaign. Mm-hmm. I think I followed y'all on social media. Oh, really? Was there a lot of like a lot of door knocking mm-hmm. and being Absolutely. in neighborhoods? Yeah. And doing improvement work, too. Is that true mm-hmm. at yeah, houses? Yeah. She had a thing yeah. called Zapata Response Team, where we would go door-to-door to low-income yes. families, and we would provide them resources and community service to help them out. So one of the ones I did, it was towards the end of the campaign. We went out to Kerrville to help an elderly lady clean up her yard. 
and it's a very touching experience. You get to meet the person, you get to understand what they're going through and how you can better help them. And then you get to realize that you made a difference for them and that you actually had an impact in their life. And it was something that was also one thing I wanted to bring to this campaign. And as of now, I'm actually working to collect resources within my community um, so I can do the same thing and go door to door and provide those resources to the people who need them. So great. I I remember that really, I finally put the pieces together (laughs) as we were sitting here because it was such a fun journey to watch. Sometimes getting on social media is not very inspiring, but that was, so it's such a a good memory. It's definitely, it was definitely a surprising thing for me to see whenever I jumped on. It's wow, a candidate that actually cares about the people. It's not every day you see that. And for her to be able to take the time out of her day, no money, no nothing, and still be able to do that kind of stuff is absolutely amazing. And that's why she's one of my main mentors, and that's why I look up to her so much, just because she ran an amazing campaign. And you know, I'm hoping she runs again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I've seen some of her post-campaign <laughs> posts, and mm-hmm. it's great. I think she's working through what how difficult the whole yeah. process was. I love that she's doing it so transparently. So for anybody who's listening, I would say go follow Claudia Zapata. You will learn a lot. And I love what it informs us about you too, learning about her. So So can you tell us a little bit more about county commissioner and Comal County? So what about this position was interesting to you? When people think of county commissioner, they assume, oh, someone that approves roads and bridges and deals with the infrastructure, passes budgets. But the way I see it is, Yes, they do that, but they also can advocate for stuff or they could push to improve things. And a lot of the things on my agenda, some people have mentioned, oh, you can't do that as a county commissioner or um, you don't have the power to do that. But a lot of times all it takes is just having someone to advocate for it or someone to even bring it up. And especially when it's an elected official who's bringing it up, that's whenever it really gets the attention that Mm -hmm. it needs. And that's one thing that I hope to do and with my time in Comal County, my entire life, my I'm a fifth generation resident in that area. So just the stories I've heard, not much has changed. And it's always been a very prejudiced, deeply conservative area where the only people who can get elected into power are rich people or people who have deep ties to the community and not always in a good way. And just seeing that and realizing, wow, we don't have the right people representing us and seeing how they don't even represent the diversity that Comal County has. It's what made me want to run. And it's time that we put younger people onto positions of power, and it's time that we give them a voice. And that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> I like, though, you're also saying that not as in put people in power. I, I get, let me say it a different way. Like you're being very, you're actively pursuing the role. You're mm-hmm. not just saying, yeah. hey, people, put me in a position. Yeah. <laughs> like you are actively working to make a case for mm-hmm. why you're a great candidate, yeah. the things that you will do. And so, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just about getting people to really understand and hear what I'm trying to do. In my last campaign for city council, one of the main things that was against me is how young I was. And that's one thing my opponent used many times. She ran with no platform, no policies, but he's too young. We can't have young people in power. We can't trust them in a position like that. He's not experienced enough. Yet, when that person's the only one with the policy platform and the only person who's actually working with their community to 
build it stronger than we should be able to focus on that more and a lot of people should look into their candidates more yeah a lot of them just go with what they look like or what they assume they would be like Mm -hmm. but it just takes one google search to figure it out i'm curious how you have your (laughs) self-confidence because i think you hear it what's the expression if only i had the confidence of a mediocre white man (laughs) i never feel like i'm enough or i know enough it's voracious and it's kind of a problem Mm -hmm. being younger having people say these things about you having the party be like no 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 how do you how are you just like i'm gonna do what i'm gonna do what's that about honestly i have no idea (laughs) (laughs) i am i ask myself that every day but i just i feel like if i don't do it no one else will and i guess that's what's pushing me is when things get hard and when i feel like giving up i'm like if i give up i'm letting them win i'm making it easier for them to just get what they want and that's not what i do I, i wouldn't say exactly it's confidence but it's wanting to make that change and being persistent about it like a a lot of the things not only that but when talking to people as a young person they question everything about you if you're an older person they'll ask why you're running this and that and leave it at that if you're a young person they're like oh did you go to school are you experienced how what makes you want to run for this and the list goes on and i guess Throughout my time as a candidate, I've had to prepare myself for those questions. And while other candidates don't take the time to learn their platform or learn their policies or learn why they're running, I've had to do some very intensive research into what I'm running for so I can be ready to answer those questions. And I'm, I, I'd say I am. <laughs> and I'm preparing myself to be ready for that. You're right. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the typical mold of a politician, older white rich man gets the benefit of the doubt like they don't have to Mm -hmm. prove you just sort of like assume they have to know what Mm -hmm. they're doing they they, yeah they're the prototype (laughs) so it is even more challenging when you're Mm -hmm. not of that mold to stand toe-to-toe with them so thank you for (laughs) persevering because it is not easy yeah and things like this when people actually take the time to recognize the work it it means so much because it's so hard to find that and so hard to find people willing to hear you out. And so just like this right here, I really appreciate our (laughs) pleasure. We get to take away so much inspiration from this. Uh, I am unbelievably inspired. Thank you. (laughs) Let's do our circle of thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I guess I'm curious just to more about how you think we get young people to recognize the power that they have in voting, in running, in participating? Um, the, that's one thing I'm hoping with this election. And because it's such an important election, such a big election, presidential, Senate, Congress, like all the things you could vote for are on there. And I'm hoping that with all these people running, that it will get young people out to vote. Because the more people that are working towards getting those young people out, the more young people that are going to hear about it and get involved and that's all we need and that's why i'm so glad that i have people running nearby that also share the same values and opinions and have the want to share the same progress and do as much for the community because it makes it a lot easier to spread the message and i think that's what we got to get better at is getting it over to them and helping them understand what's going on 
so they can get out and vote and so they can be a part of the change. Yeah. Have, have, do you remember an experience where you spoke to a young person and they started to connect the dots and they were like, oh, if I want to change climate policy, I have to vote. Like, I have to actually show yeah. up. I'd say I did that with a friend of mine in Guadalupe County who's running for county commissioner, Naomi Alanis. We met a while back while I was on my campaign and they would attend some events, help me photograph some things. And after a while, I guess it got to them, the realizing that we do have the power to make change and what inspired them to run. And I'm hoping that works for a lot of other young people because in Texas, a lot of these county positions go uncontested or it's just Republicans running. And so for example, in Guadalupe County, Naomi is the first Democrat to run in that area in years. Just having that little change and showing people that it is possible to have people like you in power, I think that helps a lot. Yeah, I want to talk real quickly, too, about something since Claire and I have started doing this podcast is I needed to reframe what winning means. Mm -hmm. I had a very um, rigid idea that if I were you, winning for me before, previous Mm -hmm. to this podcast, would be winning the election. Yeah, That's how it's defined. But one of the things I've learned through doing this podcast is that defining winning that narrowly Mm -hmm. really doesn't serve anything. Like there are other victories. Mm -hmm. It's changing the conversation. Mm -hmm. Like getting a Democratic candidate on the ballot. Republicans have run unopposed for a long time is Mm -hmm. a win. Making people have to um, discuss issues they may never have discussed because mm-hmm. they were unopposed before that it, things like that being signs of winning also yeah. so i'm just curious like for you what does a win look like or what does winning look like to me i feel like winning is just being a part of the community and getting to actually get out there and help these people um that's why i'm i guess that's why i'm so passionate about running for office and that's why i'm so determined because that's what i see as a win is you know whether you lose or win the election, you still get the opportunity to meet these people and to build these connections and to do a lot of stuff that you wouldn't have been able to do prior to that. And it's such an amazing opportunity just to be a part of the election process like that. Especially as an 18-year-old, my first vote goes to myself. Like It's crazy, and I see that as a win. This will be your first time to vote? My last time, yeah. Was your first yeah. time. <gasps> That's amazing. Right? Can you imagine voting for yourself? No. Yeah. <laughs> not. That's amazing. Yeah. I can say I voted for myself and I had to check it four or five times. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> That's it is I exciting. Did. I didn't win, but yeah. You I went between things. my opponent. I was like, is this right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can I do that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is very cool. Yeah. And I was thinking about this when you were speaking about winning Nicole. Claudia didn't run, win her race, but little did she know she was inspiring you and you're inspiring other people like this butterfly effect that can happen Mm -hmm. that you just don't see until you walk through that door exactly yeah when you have good people it it makes a change and we gotta acknowledge that a little more for sure yeah for sure yeah yeah it's less scary when you see someone like you doing it and paving that path exactly right if an 18 year old could do it anyone could do it that's what i'm trying to get across to people Hey, yes. you may think you d- you don't have enough money or you may think you don't know enough, but all it takes is running. And then you start from there. You got to start somewhere. Yes. Yeah. Any outstanding questions, Nicole, before we 
Move to our last part? No, I think we're, I feel ready. Okay. So something that we're trying to highlight more and more in this podcast is democracy, which is very much what you are doing, is that participation in our government so we can change our government to reflect what people care about. So we like to ask our guests as we're winding down, what does democracy mean to you? Or how has your Mm -hmm. idea of democracy changed as you've been a part of the process as a candidate? I'd say my idea of democracy changed by realizing that the United States isn't really a democracy, first of all, and then understanding that to have democracy, you need to be giving the people the opportunity to vote for that change and giving them a voice and showing them that there is hope for them. And I just feel like when you have people who look like you in office or when you're able to relate to people running, that's democracy right there, getting the opportunity to see yourself in a position like that or just making the change and doing it for the right reasons. (laughs) Yeah. So before we let you go, how can people support you, Bentley? How how can they keep tabs of you and your mm-hmm. race? Um, I am on Instagram, Facebook, and starting to get more on TikTok. Um, you got to get on TikTok. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's It's been a challenge. I'm trying. But if you search Bentley for Comal County or just Bentley Pais, then some of that should come up. And, you know, any anything helps, whether it's sharing my posts following my social media pages to donating or volunteering every little bit helps and every little bit gets us somewhere yes. and we will put that in our episode description for anybody who's listening we'll I put links that. so <laughs> yeah that they can find you and then also obviously like you said a google search will find you too <laughs> and i'll say it again to, to <laughs> piggyback on what you said donate if you can donate because as a it, candidate it so much. Your job is yeah. to meet voters and raise money and if you mm-hmm. can't vote for bentley you can give to bentley exactly because it all adds yeah. up and sadly, your numbers matter a lot to getting mm. unlocking more money. Oh, my yeah. God, money. But yeah. Donate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, and sign up for our newsletter. Speaking of donations. We like money, We're too. also looking for donations. We're <laughs> at GoBehindTheBallot.com. Check out our newsletter. We will share information about our episodes and our newsletter. And we have lots of great content there. But think that's about it for today we really appreciate y'all tuning in and we will be back with another episode soon thank you everybody for joining me nicole abshire and my co-host claire campos o'neill on go behind the ballot hopefully we've demystified some little portion of texas politics and we hope that you'll do more with us Check out our website at www.gobehindtheballot.com, where you'll find links to all of our social media and you will find our community. Let's join together and do more. We hope you'll let us know what is working and we hope you'll join us next week. Thanks, everybody, and have a good one.